Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly, along with James Smith. I'm Lyle Stokes and James. We're gonna have a blast tonight. Yes, sir. We got Jeremy in here tonight with Creole catfishing, and we're gonna get to him in just a little bit. But first off, uh, I would like to uh, to say, James, I know you've been busting it. You had that hurricane wind come through down there and tear up your buildings and stuff. And I know you've been hitting it really hard every day, wearing yourself out trying to get that mess cleaned up. And, and uh, man, we're, we're hoping you get everything done and it all lines out and that, that nothing serious goes wrong down there. And don't work yourself to death. There'll be another day, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just life. Crap happens and you just deal with it. Grab a chainsaw and go to cutting and keep getting it. That's all you can do. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And I know I've talked to you about every day here the last few days, and I know you've been hitting it hard. But uh, and there's other people down there in your area, I'm sure that that had too. And we all need to keep them folks in your in thoughts and prayers because it's a tough deal. Uh, Could have been a lot worse, and you didn't get hurt. That's the main thing. But still, it's a lot of work getting that stuff straightened out and uh we're sure thinking about you buddy right. i appreciate the sentiments guys so with that being said you got anything else we need to start out with tonight no sir i'm i'm excited about having old mr creole on here and uh talk a little bit about a different way of fishing <laughs> a different part of our country uh yep. well you know uh, what before this show started, we was almost late because you and Jeremy and I caught a whole pile of fish before before the show. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best one. Is the one you talk about. <laughs> I think you're right, and it was a blast. Jeremy, welcome to Catfish Weekly. Thank you oh, so man. much for spending your Monday with us. We appreciate it. I'm uh, honored to be here. Truly, it. Telling you. I got to turn a fan on. Excuse me. Oh, dude, we're, we're so happy to have you on here. I, I told James I thought it would be a great idea. I live in the Midwest United States off the Mississippi River, but I'm way, way, way north of you. Oh, yeah. You live way down south. James, right. he lives out east. And we all do the same thing, but we all do it a little different. That's right. And, yeah. and I thought it would be really fun to talk about what you do, how James goes about his stuff, and and the things that we do. Now, uh, with that being said, I used to fish the Mississippi a lot. I, that's my, in, in my mind, I don't care what anybody says. There's no place in the United States that has fishing like the Mississippi River, and that includes all of its tributaries. I know there's places that catch great fish on some of these lakes, but it ain't the same. It's just not. And I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, and and you have got a spot down there <laughs> that was proven in the couples tournament. Yeah, you not just have big fish; it's got a lot of fish. And and why don't you tell us about your fishery? Well, what we've got is the area. Everybody local calls it Three Rivers. If you would imagine like a big H. On the right side of the H, which would be to the east, is the Mississippi River. The left side of the H, starting at the top, is the Red River. Then it stops at the crossbar of the H. Then right at that point, the Atchafalaya River starts and comes down. Now, the crossbar of the H is 
a set of massive outflow channels that run from a hydroelectric plant to big dams and a navigation channel that connect the Mississippi to the Atchafalaya and the Red River for all the barge traffic and for flood control. The uh, Between the hydro and the two dams, they make sure that 70% of the water remains down the Mississippi and only lets 30% come into the Atchafalaya because if it wouldn't be for that, the Mississippi would have jumped its channel into the Chafalaya probably back in the 60s or the 70s. So that, okay. that's the that's the area we fish. We call it three rivers. Uh, I do probably 80% of my fishing in the Chafalaya and those outflow channels. But the Mississippi River is just across the gates from where we're at. And my tournament spot and now my bumping spot same thing it's it's two different structures but the mississippi is just across the gates awesome hey, right sound like a heck of a fishery to me don't it you love it does <laughs> it really does it yeah. it's amazing i've argued for years and years that now i've never fished outside louisiana i never have i've, I've hardly fished away from home to be honest but i hear all these people talk about these big lakes there's catfish here there's catfish there I will put my home waters up against anybody in the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Because if, if somebody like me who don't know nothing can go catch these big fish consistently, I'd love to see what, what some of y'all experienced guys could come do in these waters. I'll oh, yeah. I would love to come down there and fish, but but we got to make a deal where I get down there before Chadwick Fields gets down there. I mean, I have to be first. <laughs> I gotta be fair. It's not fair for him to to butt in line with from me knowing I'm getting ready to have a shoulder worked on, and if I show up, I can't fish. So that's not right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Al, when right. you jump on the plane, you give me a holler, and I'll jump on one, and I'll just meet you down there. There you go. I, I gotta tell you, it wouldn't really matter to me uh, if I got to do any of the fishing or not. I seen the man cook, and I'm all over some of that action too. <laughs> Hey, I work with an old boy. He was from that. Hey, I'll say Creole, he was from your neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. And he used to make up some of the best jambalaya and some of the best, uh, what's the other one? Uh, that most people up here we know, but. Gumbo. Uh, gumbo. And he'd make two different pots. One pot I couldn't eat. It'd be too freaking hot. <laughs> Uh, another part because it set you on fire in the going in and coming out. Uh, but I missed some of that good cooking. That son of a gun, man, he could cook. He'd come in and do a big boil, and all of us we we wouldn't be worth the crap for the next twelve hours at work, man. He'd kill us. But golly, I miss that good eating. Look, y'all just y'all just need to wrench all a big old bus and just haul pretty much everybody. It's probably in chat right now. Just haul everybody down here. I'll, I'll look y'all stand on the bank i'll bring y'all out in my boat three or four at a time it might take <laughs> hey. two weeks but we go get everybody out there <laughs> well you know um we was at winter blues on wheelers a few years ago and and uh there was several of us got together and they i had never had crawfish and they boiled crawfish Mm -hmm. And we ate. There's videos of this lady teaching me how to do it because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, well, to yeah, get them out of there. And there ain't much out. in them babies, but it's worth getting them out of there for. 
And, now, and I ain't going to suck the brains, though. I, you can hang oh, yeah. that up. I done, she said you got to do it, so I done it. You know. Yeah, I done it, but I ain't going to say it was my favorite. <laughs> no, look, and but, see, that, that reminds me, my, my brother uh, went to college at LC in Pondville. One of his roommates was from Oklahoma. Same thing. Never ate crawfish before. So, of course, you, you tell people like us that that's a challenge. Hey, come on down. We're going to feed you. This guy comes over here. Look, he he dove in head first, got everything, man, eating. He's having a good time. Well, my dad tells him, hey, look, if you go do this right, you got to suck the heads. Well, he didn't give exact instructions. So, so instead of putting his mouth on the end of the shell, he turns around and actually starts sucking on the head where the eyeballs are. We thought we were going to lose our mind. Look, our friend, oh. I admired his enthusiasm, but like, no, no, you got to turn it around. Yeah. You turn it around. Yeah, turn it around. Oh, this, man. This little gal spent a lot of time teaching me how to eat them. It was worth every bit of it. And there was several of us in this uh, cabin down at Wheeler Lake, and we absolutely had a blast, and I never had any food that was any better than what I had that night, and uh, uh, it, it was absolutely wonderful, but she, she'd laugh and show me how to do that, and they, they because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of stuff going on up here where I'm at, and uh, I was oh. thrilled to be, because I'd been wanting it for a long time. I wanted to try them, and the next thing you know, uh, you know, we was in the middle of it, and I didn't leave until I was so full. I felt like a tick crawling across the dog's back, but uh, it was worth every bit of it. Oh, and yeah. if I get down there where they have that stuff, I'll be in the middle of it again someplace. I promise. The, 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 se the season's coming soon now because yeah. it, it, it's going to start here about February, beginning of February, something like that. And it usually runs till just past Easter. So, you got a, you got a good gap in there to slide <laughs> them down here. <laughs> yeah, like uh, right down here in Clover, South Carolina, about I guess about 15, 20 miles from me, probably not even that far. There's uh there's two lot two nice ponds out in the middle of this field. And I always thought, man, I want to stop and hit that. That's back when I used to chase them pond bass and big pond bass. Mm -hmm. Uh no. <clears throat> Them things are very shallow, and they full of crawfish, and that's what they do. They raise crawfish in them and sell them to some of the local restaurants. Yep. And I've seen some big old freaky crawfish come out of them places. Oh, man. Sounds good. Boys, I'd like to take just a minute here to uh, announce some of the people that's in our chat tonight. we got Paula Smith, Stan Smith, Avid Cat Fisherman, Kevin H., Palmetto Cats, Half Crazy Catfishing, a couple crosses fishing. That'd be Betty Jean, I'm sure. Katie Collins. Brandon might be with her. Who knows? It, it's hard to tell if she let him in there or not. Yeah. Uh, catfishing crappie, Mark. Glenn's catfishing adventures. Great video today, Glenn. Wicked catfishing. Yeah. Uh, catfishing Katie Collins. Avid. Finn Seeker. Jeremy Beecham, my buddy from up in the Kansas City area. K and B, &B. Got, before the show even got started, they got kicked out, timed out by the dockery. So I see he let them back in. I don't know how long that'll last. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Richard, <laughs> Richard Ward, Mr. Gadget, uh, half crazy. Uh, Paul, I got her. Laura Devore, you know her? That's my wife. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. That's my that's wife. She, she, she's right there in the living room. She um, commenting <laughs> on the food there a while ago, but it the pet that it got away from us. David Funk, catfishing headhunters, Andrew D. That's my brother. Dieter Melhorn Fishing. Welcome, Dieter. Glad to see you in tonight. One Ton Catfish Club. Wicked Catfishing. Uh, I don't know that I've... There's LG Bass. Watched him today on a live feed with the uh, One Ton guys. Uh, ACC Gaming. Did I miss any? Fan Seeker uh, Hagen Grubbs is in the Hagen house tonight. Grubb, welcome, Hagen. Hagen. Mike Irvin. Another uh, good video Hagen had out. Muskrat. Uh, prayers going out to Mr. Muskrat. I heard right. he's got the COVID. Absolutely. I got the COVID. Uh, his family's sick, too. Uh, Mike yeah. Sampson's in here. Uh, and I think Mr. Gadget said burning in and burning out. <laughs> well, we want to keep we want to keep Roger and his family yeah. in thoughts and prayers. Not only has he been diagnosed with COVID, but his family members are not feeling good either. So, uh, right. keep, keep them all in your thoughts and prayers. Anna's in here tonight. Uh, little buckets of sunshine. Gabe, that must be your son. Yes, that's my David, oldest boy, Gabe. That's right. David Martin. David Martin, I need to get a hold of you really bad. I really do. I'll get him your number. I'll talk to him a good bit. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm He's a good guy. I, I think so too. Um, We'll get some more of you guys later if we missed any of you. We're not doing it on purpose, but you guys are rolling through the chat pretty quick tonight. And uh, we want we want to visit with Jeremy some more. Uh, so, Jeremy, mm -hmm. i seen that you have done anchor fishing, and yes. I know for a fact that you've now done some bumping. A little, a little bit. Enough, enough. Enough to get your personal best. Yeah. My second fish ever bumping in my life. <laughs> Was my PB? Hey man, congratulations! What a great video that was. Oh man, and, it, it was it was fun making it. Let me tell you, we we had a blast. <laughs> you know, I I've told you this before, but for me, it doesn't matter if I'm watching you or or James or Dieter or who it is. Uh, I like to watch everybody catch fish, but if you didn't catch fish, and you was entertaining, I'd watch you regardless. And, and I mean that. And that's one thing that's, that makes Hagen and his son such a standout because they don't always catch fish. And sometimes they get in trouble with their boat on the water. You know, things go wrong. He tells the story and makes it entertaining. And that, that's one of the things that makes Hagen a standout, and he's going to go way far in this world. Now, K and B, on the other hand, it doesn't matter if they're catching fish or not. They're just funny. Yeah. Funny is entertaining to me. Uh, I, I love to watch people. It's funny. Now, Dieter is educational. A lot of his stuff is educational. That is entertaining to me. So That's there right. has to be an entertainment factor. Yeah, that goes on. But but you learning how to bump, doing it for the first time in that video. And I, did you say that was with your father? That was with my, my younger brother, Andrew. Your younger brother. Okay. My brother. Did you want, have you knew anything about it? No. But no, you I made mean, it happen. Uh, like I said, I my knowledge of bumping was actually watching Hagen Grubbs' video. I think he called it "Bumping for Beginners." I know I watched it fifteen times. <laughs> I had to. He he got his watch hours for the year off of me watching that video <laughs> over and over and over. 
And then what topped it off was when we had Mike Greenwell on a show, he's the one that taught me basically how to control my boat because he has this exact trolling motor I do. He answered my questions. It was a couple of things I was wondering about. He confirmed what I thought. I took Hagen's advice on how to do it, Mike's advice on how to control the boat, and 200 feet later, we had a 48-pounder. There you go. By the time we got the fish in the boat, we were a quarter mile down the river, (laughs) motored back up, started over again, 200 feet later again, bam, 53 PB. And it just kept rolling from there. Well, I will tell you that that there's – a hundred ways to back bottom bounce. Will they all work? Evidently they do. Everybody catches fish doing them differently. Um, I have a certain setup that I use when I'm back bottom bouncing. Nobody Mm -hmm. else uses it. They don't like it. And I don't care because I catch fish on it whenever they're biting and it works for me. Uh, People see it and they say, Oh, they can't get to that hook. Well, they, they get to it over me. Apparently so, they do. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to continue using that. I've been using it for years and years, and, and it works, and it works really well. But I'm not going to tell somebody else what they're doing is wrong unless they ask me if, if do I need to do something different. Yeah. And the first yeah, exactly. thing I'm going to say is, are you catching fish? And if they say yes, then you don't need to learn something different unless you just want a different technique. And that, that would include the way you tie your bait on or the way you set your thing up, whether you're using three-way swivels or two-way swivels. You know, there's a million ways to do it. Um, and unless you ask, if you're catching fish, there's no wrong way to catch fish. I don't care if, if, it ain't if you're using chicken, man. <laughs> it's no wrong way to catch fish. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's only dumb if it doesn't work. That's right. That is, that's exactly right. And uh, if it don't work, then it's the wrong way that day. Yeah, it that, may that, not yeah, be yeah, the yeah, wrong exactly. way tomorrow, but it's the wrong way that day. And uh, that's just – hey, there's Maurice. We missed Maurice. Glad to yep. see Maurice in here tonight. Glad SK, he'll come in. SK, the crappie king, is in here. I need to visit with you too, my friend. I got a uh, something I, I want to ask your opinion about. And uh, if you would – Message me on Facebook uh, how I can contact you other than leaving a message on your videos. I, I have a serious question I would like to get an honest answer for. And I know he's going to be ready to make some bluegill videos for long, and I can't wait for yeah. that. I do yeah. love them bluegill videos. So. But you're right, Lyle, about that. It just because it was wrong today don't make it wrong tomorrow. Just because... Okay. It don't work for us here. Don't mean it won't work for you there and okay. different waters. It's it's all of knowing what you are capable of doing with the equipment that you have on yep. hand. That's right. Doing yeah. the, everything is a tool. Knowing what tool for what job that you've got ahead of you will make your day turn out a lot better. That's right. Yeah. That's it, right. It's all about paying attention to what the fish are telling you to do and what your body of water is telling you to do. You know, when I, when I first started and take him blinders off. Yeah. Yeah. When I first started doing this, the only reference I had was a few, uh, a few old friends who knew what they were doing, willing to share their advice and the massive amount of YouTube videos out there. Now I've never watched a video 100% where absolutely 
every aspect of what they did work for me. But it's a place to start. It's a place to start. It got me going. Then just through paying attention, taking a few notes, you know, remembering what worked and what didn't, I make slight modifications to the way we do things. And then you start catching fish. And you, you it gives you a place to start at least. But just because something works for this guy and he oh that's the best bait man ever made for his body of water does not mean you're going to catch here gizzard shad is a perfect example there are thousands of people that will use gizzard shad and gizzard shad only i have had very little success with gizzard shad i've, and I've fished with it a lot the only time i've caught fish on gizzard shad kind of consistently is to cut a flapper rig with them where they bleed a lot and then not many fish that just it just it just doesn't work where i am doesn't mean it's not a good bait it's not a good bait for me here's here's where where the concept of what i was talking about at the beginning of the show you being south me being midwest mm -hmm. and James being on the east where this comes into play now for me whether i'm fishing the lake or i'm fishing a river in the winter time when we fish the winter a lot or normally do um skipjack don't perform up here you want shad and if you're in the lakes up here you have to have shad or you're going to go home empty-handed a majority of the time but even in the mississippi and the missouri rivers in the dead part of winter shad will be the beta choice now i take it from what you're telling me that's not the case down south it, it's it's closer to the opposite here in my experience, the colder the water gets, the better the slicker is for bait. The what about you, James? Well, we don't have skipjack here, uh, but as far as the gizzard chad, I like gizzard chad in the wintertime. I think it's, uh, to me, I think because the shad is more apt to be balling up and have big, giant schools that are easy for for them to come across these catfish laying on the bottom, it's easy food. They can lay there, old flathead, he's got them eyes on top of his head, he's washing over. Blues can scoop right up, get them a mouthful of shad and lay back down in the mud. I think the shad is the idea, but now we have people here like Matthew Anthony. That rascal kills catfish year-round with white perch. Yep. But that's the difference. Matthew is an all-around great fisherman. So he's going to know when and where to put that bait yes. in that yeah. fish's mouth, not dragging it beside him 20 foot away, but putting it on top of him where the bait's easy accessible. Right. That way he might not want that typical bait, but he ain't going to turn it down because it put him on his lips. They are opportunistic feeders. Exactly. So there's a lot of different ways. Perch is good probably year-round in North Carolina around this area where no skipjack are. But, you know, who's to say? Dieter fishes my same waters, and he's catching them on chicken. Uh, now, David Martin, he's catching them on perch. I love, and Lyle hates me because of this, I love game fish. I'll, yeah, cut up a I'll cut up a ditch pickle and a sacrilege or a crappie in a heartbeat. I love, I love that name, ditch pickle. 
Oh, yeah, I only oh, hate it because I can't use them damn green carp. But hey, I love them. Uh, that's my biggest fish is come on uh, bass. We got, my bass. Uh, we got uh, Adrian Grubbs got a question for you before you get too carried away. He wants to know what you call them skips. <laughs> Slicker. 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 Slicker, yeah. Yeah, that's what I call them. Slicker. <laughs> I knew what it was, but he didn't catch it. He wanted to hear it again. <laughs> now, question on that. Now, okay. you was talking about the shad and also the slickers or skipjack. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that maybe it's because at certain seasons you have more of that bait in the water than others? That might be the reason that you're only getting a few bites here and there on shad and better on skipjack? Or do you think that don't have nothing to do with it? To be to be honest, we have a massive amount of both kinds of fish in our waters. Massive amount. I mean, these guys, they got guys down here that make a living solely dipping shad with massive nets, catching tons a day, every day, and selling them to the crawfish farmers for bait. We, we've got a ton of everything in the water. I mean, you may have one year where they may have more than others, but it's still just an incredible amount. I, I, in my heart, believe that the slicker is just oilier, greasier, and bloodier, and it just attracts. And, and I say that because I don't remember catching any good fish just on cut gizzard shad. The only time I've caught some decent fish on shad is a flapper rig, something that puts a massive amount of scent in the water. That's kind of what I'm basing my theory on, you know, and and that's why I freeze my slicker the way I do. I don't rinse them off and dry them before I pack them. I take them slime and all, wrap them in two paper towels, then freeze dry them, then, then, then vacuum seal them. I want to preserve all that slime, all the oil that I can get. Because I, I really think that's the, I personally think that's the key to it. It's just, you know, it's a, T-bone versus a filet mignon. It's 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 two good cuts, but if you got the choice, you're gonna go for that for that filet. That's you know that's kind of like me and Asian carp, and and I know you know what Asian carp are because you are on that river and they're in it. But oh, yeah. um, I take the you know when I take the tenderloin part, what I call the tenderloin part out mm -hmm. of the carp, yep. and and you got all that liquid inside them no matter if it's blood or whatever else it is. it is yeah and i put it all in a ziploc bag mm -hmm. and i dump that carp up and i let it all run out of right in that bag then i seal yeah. it i get and it I, all i have now i have caught some uh i haven't fished with it a whole bunch mm -hmm. but the times i've fished with asian carp i have caught fish and same thing i, I cut let's say the back straps i cut the back right. straps out and again Hagen Groves, I, learned, I need to send that guy a Christmas card. I'll be honest with you. I really do. <laughs> but, uh, same thing. I, I, just like he did, I wring the tail, let it bleed out, cut it in some strips, and let it soak in that blood. And I've, I've, I haven't fished with it a whole bunch. But when I do, I always pick up a fish or two on it. Yeah. You know, I, I, it, it works. For, for me, uh, and I know guys that use it year-round in our area, mm -hmm. Lucky James, he don't have none out there where so, he's at. Y'all keep them where you at. Yeah, you I don't can want. Send you a few if you want. Yeah, no. but now for me, 
I know guys that use them year round and they catch fish on them year round. For me, they work better in the hotter part of the summer than they do any other time. Can you catch fish on them year round? You can catch fish on them year round. But the hotter the water is, seems like the better Asian carp work for me. But I, I love the fact that when you put it on a hook, you cut it off because you ain't just taking it off. It stays no. on the hook. Ain't, they ain't no dink going to take it. If a garfish can't take it off a hook, it's tough. You, you got I it, buddy. You that. <laughs> That's a fact, you know. And it is good bait. And one of the reasons it's become such a good bait is because now it has become a natural bait for these fish that we have, right. blue flatheads and channels. Now, it takes a pretty good channel because they grow so fast and channels would be out of the realm of being able to handle them pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But them blues can eat them when they get pretty good size and soaking them big old flatheads. And that's the only natural combatant we have against Asian carp. Yeah, and, and we, we've got so many. It's just it, yep. it's getting it's getting out of where if you if you pull in a boat behind a wing dike on the river, you, you better have a helmet on. Yeah. You, you, you fixing to get rained on. Yep. I've had I've had jump in my boat before. I've had a massive one jump clean across my boat and nail my son in the side. You know, yep. thank God we wasn't going fast, but I made him pay. I cut him for bait. Cindy uh, for that mistake. When we're in them real bad, we'll zip the sides on the enclosure for her. Yeah. Ah, so we don't yeah. get on it. Now my enclosure on my boat, I can stand up in it. And there's probably a foot and a half because I'm I'm physically uh, vertically challenged, not as bad as James uh, Dockery, but I'm phys I'm I'm short, <laughs> uh, but not as short as James. And I stand up in it. And there's a foot or so above my head in the top of the enclosure, and I've had thirty pounders on top of that enclosure. True, right? I've had them hit the front of the boat, going wide open down the Illinois River so hard that it would turn you went turn you in the water. Oh and yeah. Say, oh man, how big was that? I said, I don't have any idea. When it hit, I thought it was coming through the side of the boat. <laughs> you know, they just were huge. And not all of them are that big. But even when they get to be 20 or 30 pounds, they can still get on top of the oh, seven foot, yeah. you know, oh, they yeah. can still oh, do absolutely. that. So they say the dim can them silver carp can actually grow to a hundred pounds. Oh, yeah, there's no question. I believe it. 100 pounds. Yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, nature evolves when things get tough. In one area, they start evolving to where they can adapt. You know, like the 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 parrots, the macaw parrots. They eat the Brazil nuts. Well, the Brazil nuts has evolved to where they're too hard for the parrots to break. The cattle farmer feed the Brazil nuts to the cows to fill up their bellies. The cows poop them out. The Brazil nuts, nuts, shells are soft, and the parrots go down there and eat. Makes me wonder, are our catfish going to start getting bigger and bigger to adapt to the size of food that's in their waters now? You know, that's one thing. They've done all them studies when we was doing the tournaments. Some girls would come down uh and and do the uh the tournament stuff on a mississippi river and they would they would take samples of the the um catfish to determine what percentage of their diet consists of asian carp and it was quite a lot and the protein factor in them is is 
is way, way up there. So yeah. that could be very possible. That's something that I don't believe they'd done in the studies was, was to see if that would make them grow to where they could handle them. But um, I forgot now what the percentage was. I want to say it was 65% average of, of uh, blue cat diet was Asian carp. And this was several years ago now because there were so many of them in there and they were just eating them. And this done by uh, grad students from uh, Illinois State University. Well, I tell you what, if the blue cats around here start getting big enough to eat some of the Asian carp we got, Ooh. I'll need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and another thing, uh, Jeremy, I don't want them to get that big. I just think they eat them to where they don't get that big because a 30 pounder is huge. I, I don't know what I'd do if a if a hundred pounder jumped in a boat. I don't I guess they could jump in the boat, but I don't want it. No, in there. They 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 can. That's that's the thing. I mean, I've I've seen them probably close to that big. I've never had one jump in my boat that big, but I tell you, I've been running down that river and have something I mean slam into the side of my boat. Yeah. Hard, and Her, I know yeah. that was a really big one. Never mm -hmm. see it, but Ain't no thirty pounder gonna hit the side of that big boat that hard and oh, make it shake man. like that. Yeah, there's Flint, something else. Flint Hill, I used to watch the Daggum Discovery Channel back when it was a good channel to watch in the History Channel. Uh, late at night, uh, good info on there. But that's where I got back to saying, take them blinders off, guys and gals, because a lot of times there's other info that might not even pertain to fishing that would steer you in a direction you never even thought. Yep. A lot of everybody, I hear cat fishermen say, there ain't no way I'm going noodling. I'm not going to snatch them catfish out from underneath them veins. But watch them videos, guys, and you'll learn what season that they're actually noodling. And it might tell you where you might need to go set your freaking boat up to catch some of them big-ass fish coming under them veins. <laughs> look how many they catch in that shallow water under some boat ramps, and they got to wait for the guy to put the boat in so they can drag the fish out from underneath. There you go. Look, look how many times that happens. Je Jeremy, I believe that around boat ramps where people put in and out of is one of the most overlooked places to fish there is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Throw a cast off the end of a boat ramp. Absolutely. They throw bait I, out there, catch I bait all it. the time. They're Just always about every time I put my boat in, I do it. Yep. And James has been such a stickler on this shallow water, which I'm uh, uh next spring, if it kills me, I'm gonna catch a fish down in my in my area. I'm gonna catch a fish out of three foot of water one way or the other. I just yep. you know, I know he fishes that shallow water all the time. I used to not except up in Mendota when that's all that was up there, which will be there in spring. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work on the, on the shallow water this year. And, and but shallow water also Lyle, might be relative to your area, you know, yeah. uh, you know, on our lakes, Wiley is probably the deepest part. We might have a couple of places that it gets down to 60 foot. It's different than Norman. Norman has a lot deeper water. But it all ha also has a lot of water that is dead water that yep. you just ain't gonna catch fish in. Uh, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. I mean, we catching we was catching thirties and forties in January, 
but the water was 50 degrees in January yeah. this year. Yeah, it won't be 50 degrees in January. No, yeah. I don't think it will no, be this coming year. I think we're going to have a cold, wet winter. But uh, So Kevin, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, Kevin with Palmetto Cat says he caught a couple of big ones out of three-foot water Friday night. That's awesome. Good wow. to know. Now, Jeremy, what do you consider in your neck of the woods, what do you consider shallow water? 20 foot or less. 20 foot or less. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, I've got some uh, – because on average, the Atchafalaya River is actually much deeper than the Mississippi is in, in our area. It flows, mm -hmm. it flows so fast and it carves it out. We've got some holes out there that I've found that are 130 feet deep in the, yeah. in the main channel. Right. Like this this right. isn't uh, Eddie or anything like that. This is in the main channel. It's 130 feet. So 20 feet or less. Yeah, we're I consider that shallow water versus what we normally normally when I'm anchor fishing, I'm minimum 60, 70 feet. Yeah. Yeah. On and, and normal basis. You know, we learned that at Memphis because the part of Missis the Mississippi River that I grew up fishing up northern Missouri. Uh, 30, 40, 50. There's one spot that it was around 85 foot, but it was around a pillar of a railroad bridge. Yeah. yeah. The rest of it's not like that. The, you know, very few, very little 50 or 60 foot water. There's a lot of water, but it's not as deep. And we get down around Memphis and below, you hit them 120, 130 feet. I'm yeah. thinking, man, there's something wrong with this death finder. It can't be right, but it is because mm -hmm. pretty soon we'll run up out of that. And it amazes me that you'll nearly every time mark fish in the bottom of them big holes. Oh yeah, uh, it's just about every time there's yeah. there's something down there. Now, yep, for us, some of those areas are kind of hard to fish just because of how strong the current is in those areas. You know, that's that's some things we're still figuring out how to do. But there's there's always something down there. Yep, that got Larry Moose and bump through it, wouldn't he? Oh, Larry Muse thinks the deeper it is, the better he likes it. I'm telling you. <laughs> Glen Hill Catfishing says, I called the 33-pound blue cat in a car at 40 yards from the boat ramp at Ebenezer Park on Lake Wiley. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you figured, Lyle, January this year, I caught that 35-pounder, and I wasn't 20 yards from the boat ramp that I always launched from. K&D um, says they caught a 31-pounder out of two foot of water on Santee last year. Yep. So, you know, but I, I agree. Some people, you know, like Richard Warscott, he don't like fishing the shallow waters I do on the same lake. His shallow water is 10 foot. So that's mm -hmm. the shallowest that he wants to go, but he's a more of a deep water fisherman. It all comes down to what your confidence level is yeah. in the things that you do. That's right. It ain't that it don't work. It, it ain't that the fish ain't there. But if you don't have confidence in it, you're more likely not to catch as many fish doing something like that as that somebody that does. Yeah, I just seen a post yeah. here from Paula Smith, and now I can't find it, but I believe it said uh, she considers 10 foot and under um, – shallow water and then k and b was 15 but hell paula's post is gone i can't find it now i've like caught them up there where, where we were fishing for the tournament i consider that shallow water because it was right at 20 feet deep right. you know and, and it, it was strange for us hooking a fish reeling four or five times and hook he's at the boat yeah you know that's we're not, we're not used to that yeah well when i fish shallow like that i'm putting long lines out 
you know, I'm throwing up against the banks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, my biggest fish like this year come off probably two foot away from the bank. He was probably in one foot of water. But the sun was beating on that water that day. It was heating that water up and then muddy daggum shallows like that. Mm -hmm. I think them big cats is coming up there letting that sun heat their back up like laying out in the sun. Yep. And uh, absorbing some of that daggum UV heat and uh, getting ready to eat. And he was t he took a bass head, a largemouth bass off about a two pound dead bass that was bigger than your fist. I mean, uh huh. Uh, so, you know, there you go. It's it's what you got to have confidence in. And your right. neck of the woods down there, twenty foot. That's where you feel comfortable. There's where you're catching the fish. Lyle, your shallow water. You said what twenty foot. Yeah, that's that's right. And I see on here that Mark with catfish and crappie said ten foot is a deep hole to him. And I'm yeah. assuming he's talking about the Fox River up in Illinois. Uh, right. Uh, but yeah, 20 foot for me. My my favorite that I look and try to target fish in for whatever reason, and I know it's it's right here, is 30 to 45 feet of water. That's my favorite depth to catch fish out of. Well, one thing, you rarely have to worry about burping them. Yeah. You, right, you rarely yeah. have to worry about that. And for some reason, I find a lot of fish in those depths. So that's why I look for them. But uh, there's a Ratfish 1000, someone new to our channel. Welcome. Yes, uh, sir. Most of the rivers he fishes, 5 to 10 foot. Hmm. That is, if that's that's a pretty shallow river, I'd say. That's in jet boat rivers. Yeah, right. and, and, and that kind of goes the same thing with the size of fish also. You know, I know for a fact we've got a ton of massive fish in our river. So, of course, I'm going to set the bar for me much higher than someone, let's say, who doesn't have blues in their waters, but they catch 20, 30-pound channel cat. Well, that, that is a monster fish for them yeah. in that body of water, whereas my you know, where I start being really happy with fish is 50 pounds. You know, that, that's my, that's my bar. That's my trophy because we just have so many big ones. I, I'm blessed enough to have a spot that's got that many big fish in it where that's what I need to be catching to be impressive. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, it's not like that everywhere. In my mind and everybody's mind is different. Um, we all want to catch those big fish, but yep. for me, anything over 25 pounds is a trophy. Yeah, it's a nice fish. Yeah, you better believe it. Even, even 20. Uh, there's people that fish their whole entire life and never catch a 20-pound fish. Yeah, uh, I right. very, feel very fortunate that we are capable of doing that. Uh, I won't say every time we go out, because we don't do it every time we go out. Oh, but no, I absolutely not. Times we, we catch we catch 20-pound fish unless we're not targeting them. And then sometimes you still catch them. You know, yeah. if you yeah, go out and catch eating size fish, for some reason you're always going to get one or two that you got to throw back, which makes yep. for great video. Yep. And it's a lot of fun to catch them. But if I'm targeting eating size fish, personally, I'm looking at five pounds or in that neighborhood fish because in yep. my mind they're the best eating. Uh, you're not going to hurt the population, and especially at Lake of the Ozarks and Truman, the conservation department wants you to catch those size fish and take them out of there because yeah, there's not many of them. 
Well, Lyle, in that in that one video I made, you saw what my dad considers an eating size fish. Yeah. I laughed so hard when you did that. You know what? They don't have to be very big to eat. Nope. They don't. And uh, I used to have a guy tell me all the time he'd come stop in, said, you go fishing all week? I said, yeah. Didn't catch nothing but a little bunch of little ones. He said, how little? And I said, oh, I don't know, 6, 8, 10, 12 inches. He said, they bite that hook? I said, yeah. He said, they're big enough to eat. You daggum right. <laughs> I used he's to laugh at him, but he, he wanted me to bring them to him. He didn't care how small they were. If you eight, to ten, eight to ten inch salt and pepper cat, son, I'll pile a daggum table full of bones. <laughs> oh, they're I great. I ain't kidding. Pull that little old top fin off, the bottom fin off, bite the tail off of it. That's how I grew up eating fish. Dad, Dad was insulted if we would ask him to fillet a fish. That, that wouldn't happen. Even when he was catching 15, 16-inch sackleate in a little small lake by the house, oh, no, he went out and bought a pan big enough to fry him whole. <laughs> he, was, he refused. He was not filleting those fish. It wouldn't happen. <clears throat> and he well, that's like him big old bluegill and, and sackleate or crappie. I do not. I don't fillet. That's a waste of meat, boy. It is. And they say, well, the meat won't get done. Then you just take it like a big old flounder and you cut a couple slices in that meat like that so it fries all the way through. No, no. I don't waste no meat. Well, Jeremy, we went over fishing down in your area a little bit. Why don't we, you tell us about your equipment that you use, your boat and your rods, reels, hooks, different stuff uh, uh, that you and Lori catch with. The, uh, the boat that I fish of, it, it's a it's a brand new boat that I bought. I just got it this past June. It's the first boat that I have ever owned for myself. Uh, it's a 2020 uh, Triton uh, 2072 Big Big John boat. You know, it's a big 20-foot wide, 72-inch bottom, center console John boat. Uh, got a 115 four-stroke Mercury on it. And I, I set it up, and I got all the ideas off of uh, Keith's uh, – fishing stuff channel but i built those same split rod racks that he built for that friend of his uh i run double anchors i've got my two bags with 300 feet of anchor rope uh and a lawrence elite uh nine ti2 uh graph on it and it's that's very important for me because navionics does no good down here there's nothing in the rivers for navionics i have the genesis live mapping so i can map the areas myself and make my own contour maps. You know, that, that's been a real, real big kick for us. I can see where that would be a lifesaver for you. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, we, we've found yeah. a lot of areas that nobody, I, I say I didn't know about them. I'm not going to say nobody knew, but, you know, holes and cuts and drop-offs that I didn't know was there thanks to that graph. Uh, you know, it, it made a big difference. Uh, as far as rods and reels, I've got, I've got five right now, well, really six, counting my bumping rod. But I've got five rods that I anchor with. Uh, I've got two B&M Silvercat Magnums. I've got one B&M Elite. And I've got two, which I've, they're brand new rods, two of Chris Flores's uh, Blue Cat rods that my wife bought for me about two weeks ago. I, I hadn't even hardly got them dirty yet. Uh, I use all... On my anchoring rods, I use all pin reels. I have the uh, the pin warfare reels in the twenty size. You know that that way I have the line capacity on. Right. And then for my bumping rod, it's a little 
cheap setup that I bought just to see if I liked it. But it's an eight-foot Academy Pro Cat rod, medium heavy, with a little Ambassador 5600 STX on it with some braided line. And needless to say, it got to work out Saturday, that poor thing. It's, it's, it's tired right about now. Yeah, from what I understand, bumping you want a light setup anyway, because you're yeah. gonna be working that rascal all day long. So you need you need something light that ain't gonna wear your arms out. Um, do you use Lyle a longer rod like that, an eight foot rod for bumping, or do or is shorter better? I mean, I don't know. I don't have a clue. In either. my mind, and for most of what everybody that wants them, seven foot six for some reason is the magic number. Uh, I've built some seven foot ones and some six and a half foot ones for people that was uh, like James Dockery, vertically challenged. Um, <laughs> I've also, I know that I had built um, um, Jason Mathena, some 10 foot uh, graphite rods. Wow. He used them for bumping. Um, but now understand, James. Jason is six foot five and at the time weighed over 400 pounds. Uh, he's lost a ton of weight. We're so proud of him, man. He looks awesome, but he's still six foot five. Yeah, uh, right. But you yeah, he's used them before uh, for bumping and several times. He, he liked using them because they were so sensitive. But seven foot six uh, is the optimal. Okay. Length. Uh, but you can make them any length you want. You can make them eight foot or or whatever um i prefer seven foot six and one i think one of the reasons I, i'll give you guys some information if you're buying selling wanting rods and stuff eight foot is the cutoff anything that's eight foot or longer they rape you on shipping if it's under eight foot, you save a yep. lot of money. And I yes. think that's uh, attributes a lot to the popularity of the seven foot six. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. I can get them or I can cut one and make it seven foot 10. Uh, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. In my business, yeah. you make them the way people want them. Right. But uh, the 10 foot, I would absolutely wouldn't sell anybody a 10 foot unless it was two piece simply because yep. uh, anything over eight foot pretty much got to be shipped by truck. So uh, it's a yep. minimum of $350 to get it to me. And then the same to ship it to you before we ever start working on it. Wow. So you're, you know, you're, you're getting up into the eight, $900 range for a, for a 10 foot one piece rod or 14 foot or one piece and stuff like that. So I just don't do them. Uh, right. yeah, because I feel yeah. if somebody, even if somebody wants one, I'd feel guilty about it. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm just not going to do it. So, but most people that ask for them rods, they willing to pay that daggum extra for shipping, probably. Yeah. <laughs> tell me why not? I'll pay it. And I, I just can't do it. I, yeah, I, mean, I know. Uh, so it my, is. It, I'm, it I'm is. Not gonna lie. My, my decision on my length for that eight foot rod was based solely on the fact that I, when I went in Academy to buy it, the, the one I have, I guess, is the mid-grade. It's got a lot of graphite in it. You know, mm -hmm. it makes it a much lighter rod. Somebody must have looked at it, picked it up, and put it down in the wrong rack that was priced for $40 instead of $60. So I picked that one up and said, hey, look, it was in the $40 rack, and they gave it to me for $40. There you that, go. That was my decision on eight foot. So not a lot of thought went into it. 
<laughs> I'm going to promise you that won't happen at, at this place. Yeah. At Lyle's place. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no discount bid at Lyle's shop. Or- well, you know, it just, the, the <laughs> I told this before and people look at me like I'm green or something, but the blanks that we use to build bumping rods on, they cost me nearly a hundred bucks. Oh well, yeah. Right. And I've got to buy a gross of them at a time. Well, I can't get them now like that, but right. they, you know, they want you to buy a 144 of them, a hundred minimum. At a yeah. time, and um, it, it's hard to do that. But right now, we're having so much problem getting stuff, uh, even stuff made in the United States, because everybody's so far behind. They're buying the stuff that's made here, and there's a waiting list for everything. I, four and a half. For everything. Months, yeah, four yeah. and a half months that that some blanks that I had uh, that that was made in China set out on a ship before they ever unload them. Four and a half months. And I and there, I wasn't I wasn't screaming at them. But one of the suppliers that I buy from in California, they haven't opened their doors for over three months. So I don't know if they're coming oh. back or not. Mm. So, there's nothing you can do about it. Is is yeah. uh, but but I look for a lot of this to, after tomorrow. I think you're going to see a lot of things ease up one way or the other. Uh, I yeah. think they will one way or another. Well, yeah, when I, with that being said, law and I ain't getting political. Everybody, please. Do your part as an American and go vote if you yeah, act. I agree. And I'll leave it at that. Doesn't matter who you vote for. Make exactly sure right. You do your duty as an American citizen and go vote. It's a privilege to be able yes. to vote, and you should take full advantage of that. Well, I kind of look at it as an obligation. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Krill, now. <laughs> Got all them big crawdad ever down there. Do you ever use them for your bait? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I actually grew up, you know, a very young age. Uh, myself, my dad, my uncle, my older cousins, we would go out on the banks at that same hydroelectric plant where we were bumping at, and we would try to go tight lining them rocks for for goop, for for uh, freshwater drum. But yeah, freshwater drum, really, really good eating fish. And we fish them with live crawfish. And there has been many, many, many occasions where we would hook a pretty nice yellow cat on those live crawfish. They love them down here. That's a very, it's a wow. very, very good yellow cat bait is a big, big live crawfish. If you can keep a goo from getting to it first. The what? But it makes a really good bait. If you can keep what from getting to them first? The, the goo, the freshwater drum. Oh, that, that, that's, that's I've not heard them call that, yeah. but you yeah, know, uh, some people call them Gasper goop, but it's I call them trash goop. fish. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. If I take a good fresh goop, cook it in a good red gravy, I'm telling you, if I put that on top of your head, your tongue would beat your brains out trying to get to it. You would have to do something I'm to me because I've tried them things every way in the world, and mine they're nasty. <laughs> I don't know what you missed. I guess you don't know. You don't know I hate. I seen you cook up that stuff, so I'm not doubting you none. Uh, <laughs> that stuff I seen you cook that gravy stuff down there that night. That hurt. Oh man, I was wanting to come down there. Wind, rain, sleet, or snow. I didn't care. That's, that what, I, that's what I kept saying. That's what I kept saying in life. You know, I'm like I wish y'all could smell this through through my phone. Oh yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. That yeah, but that's that's why we all look like the way we do. They're they're <laughs> to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. It's not they uh, all skinny and stuff, but it's yeah, not help food. It's not. K and B says we're making him hungry. We always talk yeah. about food. What is it about that? We do always yeah. comes down to food. God, you know, <laughs> anybody that is full figured, the topic figure. okay. of food always yeah. comes up. Oh yeah, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna come up. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I'm scared to slow down because I love to eat. If I'd slow oh. down, hot dang, I'd pump up like Santa Claus. Well, yeah, Hagen Grubb said, I like that guy. He talking about goop and slickers. He likes him. He likes you, too. I think half my subscribers just like hearing me talk and laughing at me with the crazy stuff I say. I know Bet Betty Jean's told me so many times, like, what? What did he just say? And I, I don't realize I'm doing it. I talk funny. I know. That old boy I told you I worked with down there and his brother, he fished back there in some of them old swamp waters. And he brought, he showed me films of his brother standing up on the front of a flat bottom John boat with a long handle driving an outboard motor standing at the front of his boat, mm -hmm. jumping logs and everything else and never letting off of it. I saw this son of a gun's crazy. Yeah, and I'm coming bothered. back with two gators. He's going gator hunting that day. He showed me the video. I said, that son of a gun's crazy. He said, yeah, he's crazy. I don't go with him because he's crazy. That's so, one of the things that I don't bit. think I would like about the Southland. Them alligators. I just something about that that I'm just not real comfortable about. You know they what I mean? Them forty fives will keep them out of the boat. They don't really bother anything. I mean, I mean, look, y'all, y'all saw in that one I did that that little bitty one. He was curious and kept. Coming to the back of the boat before my wife had to shoot. I watched it. But I, I, I really think the only reason he did that is that grain elevator is right there. And I think them guys that work there probably throw some stuff in the water and feed him. That's yeah, probably, probably. He was that. And she kept be. telling me, give him some of your chicken. Give him some of your chicken. I'm like, he ain't getting my bait. Give him my bait to no alligator. I, I watch OSK. Catching them crappie and them gators come right nearly up to his boat. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't know how you do that. I'd have to be heading out. I, I just the one, the one mistake you don't want to make is if a little bitty one comes to the boat and you grab him and he starts squealing. Yeah. And then what you thought was a log a hundred feet away starts coming to you. That's then, mama. Then you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Time to go. I just think I'm going to leave him alone, period. Carl Wells, welcome to Catfish Weekly. I haven't seen you in the chat for a while. Yeah, he just sent me a message. Uh, had some questions. Uh, well, if you guys have any questions for Jeremy, yeah, sure. get them out here so we can get them to him. Because at the end of the show tonight, I have just a little bit of something that we're going to try here to, uh, to let everybody. Uh, I got a surprise for you. We'll put it that way. <laughs> If it, now, if anything, uh, I may have to translate some of the stuff that I say. Right. You know, I went to school with a couple of girls from Louisiana, and I'm trying to think of the name of the town that uh, that they live in down there. Uh, I can't think of their names. Uh, I can think of their names, but I can't think of the name of the town they live in. Well, uh, what was their last name? I could probably tell you where they're from. Uh, Farrell, originally. We, we have some ferals around central Louisiana. 
Um, well, dang it. I should I mean, know that, that. That's, that's been my whole, that's been my whole thing since I started, you know, since I decided to start filming for YouTube was it, it ain't about us and, you know, trying to show off how good a fisherman we are, which we're not, but I, I felt, you know, when I was looking through YouTube, I would see guys from Ohio, from Missouri, from Kentucky, from Illinois, from, and I'm like, where, where's the people from Louisiana? Where are they? I don't, I yeah. don't see them on YouTube. And then I know now once I got started, I found a few others from mm. kind of around my area, not many, you know, and I kind of decided that, well, our, our area just isn't represented in YouTube. So I said, well, you know what? We go do something about it. So I just, you know, started throwing videos up and because I, I still, I stand by what I say. I think we have the best fishery in the country. You know, yeah, I stand that being, by that yeah. all day long. You know, now, that being, go ahead. Slidell was named that town. Yeah, yeah. Sly, okay, Slidell. That's uh, just uh, across the lake from New Orleans. That could be. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't have any idea, but I always told them if I ever was in a tournament in the state of Louisiana, we'd have to get together because they moved up here, went to school with us for several years, then moved mm -hmm. back. And then Charlotte ended up being the uh, head over top of the nursing home where my mother was at before she passed away. And uh, then she moved back down there with, with the rest of the family. And there was two girls. There's actually three of them, but the two of them I knew really well. And, and uh, they're, they're great folks they really are yeah, absolutely now creole what i was gonna say is that you might want to add outdoors to your name mm -hmm. simply because they are so much stuff that i've listened to you talk about and doing that outdoors that would really expand your channel uh simply because if you're not finding much from louisiana fishing on youtube then that might be a little niche that you can kind of narrow into that will cause your channel to take off. Well, I'm, I'm going to correct myself a little bit. There is a ton of YouTube stuff from Louisiana for sackle fishing, brim, fit, you know, cat fishing in specific. There, there, there was nothing there. You know, as far as outdoors channels goes, Oh, YouTube is flooded with guys from Louisiana. Oh, but okay. it was the it was the trophy catfishing part. I'm like, the, the only other YouTuber I know that trophy catfishes, and I've never seen him in any of our chats. I'm not sure if he films anymore. His channel name is Father Slime. <sighs> and he, less than a thousand subscribers. He fishes the same water as I do. And a few months ago, he caught what he thought was a state record, ended up weighing 109 pounds, and it was released at a boat ramp 500 feet from where I was fishing the tournament at. Oh, wow. Dang right. That's and, he, awesome. and it's all on film. It, it's on his channel. He's the only other one on YouTube that I know of anywhere near our area that does that does what we do. That, that That's it. You know, it, it's I find that YouTube is flooded with the, the more of the northern – State, right. you know, I said, hey, gotta gotta represent, you know. Well, I know back bass fishing is big down there also. So oh, yeah. you know, uh oh, yeah. and I knew there had to be tons of that down there. Uh yeah, to, to, I mean Toledo Bend. I mean Toledo Bend right. is, is yeah. right there by the house. It's one of the biggest right. 
you know, most popular lakes in the country. You know, when yeah. you talk about bass fishing and, and sackley fishing too. You know, to yeah, Toledo Bend is one of the biggest tournaments in the bass in the BA. Well, oh, ain't even yeah, BASS no more. Absolutely, and it, FLW. That, that's just across the state from where I'm. I can be in Toledo Bend in you know two hours from my house. It's, right. it's not very far, and I've right. never fished it in my life. Did I ever tell you guys what I bought over the weekend? I don't think so. Let me hang tight. Can you see that? Uh oh, what is? It's like a bait cooler to me. What right there is the ultimate bait cooler. Now, by uh -oh. ultimate bait cooler, I mean when I'm done with it. Uh oh. Uh -oh. I think he cut oh. himself off, Grill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be back. When he, when he stops talking and realizes we're not there, he'll he'll get it. I'm back. There you go. There we go. I got so excited. I just wanted everybody to know that my bait cooler is going to be heads and tails better than anything Dockery ever had. Uh, <laughs> ever had. Now, Here we go. now, James Dockery talks talks a mean bait tank. His bait cooler should have been mine to start with. And Chad Fields wanted it, and I should have got it, and we've argued and fought over that the entire time. <laughs> but D James Dockery's bait cooler won't make a pimple on this one's butt. And speaking here, of James here, Dockery, they get him. What's up, trouble? So well, let me let me see if I get this straight. You take an old, uh, what is it, a milk cooler from the 1800s? <laughs> Early 1900s, maybe? I mean, something like that. I, I'm not, I'd have to read up on a little bit of history of what, in the, when they actually introduced this uh, electricity stuff that we use now. I didn't pay somebody to paint mine and put decals on it and all that stuff, you know. Hey, I, I didn't pay anybody to do any of this stuff. This is, this is from uh, DMF Bates, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're paying them or something. They're not going to give you one of them to hang out. They were supposed to give it to me anyhow. So now I had to go out and get one. But when I get done, it's it's going to have the Dockery Ward image on it. It's going to be the bait cooler everybody's going to want. So how wide is how wide is that door? Probably two foot. So make those Krampus cane fish ice fishing rod stickers <laughs> two foot. They'll go right across that door. Now look, 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 look. Girls, girls, you're both pretty. Okay. Let's, let's... It's not it's not about being pretty, Jeremy. Oh hell no, it's not. not. Over on James. <laughs> that that ship is sailed, trust me. Yes. Well, we might as well sign off this show because this is it shows over here to the left of us right now. Oh no, it is, it is. See, this, is, this is why we can't have anything nice in the catfish sport. It's because I get something nice and then you, everybody has to go and copy it. You had what 150, 200 years while to get you a bait cooler, and you just now decided to get one. I never hey. wanted one. Do you had one? <laughs> hey, James, you'd think Santa Claus would have got his own a long time ago, wouldn't you? Yeah. See, even them elves won't build him one. <laughs> I never had a desire to wonder you had one, and then I had to have one. I just yeah. had to have it. See, everybody. You no, know, James, I just thought about it. I'm glad you're here. It reminded me. I still need to send you my two, my three 
B&M Silver Cat Rod so you can autograph them for me. I'll do it. You, about that. I, you, I, you send them to me. Send them right to me. Send them to me. Well, he was talking about, what did you say that the freshwater drum were? Goop. Trash fish. Silver cats. Yeah, that's what I'm pushing. Talking. Well, hey, that's, listen, that's what they're, that's what they are. I know more and more people are already starting to call them silver cats. So you guys might as well just get on board with it. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got Chad and Betty calling <laughs> flathead shovelheads. So that's, that's a spoon. That's bit. just wrong. That, that, that's no, no. And then, and then Creel calls Skipjack slickers. 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 Yeah. Slickers. So. Yep. Hey, sacrilege. I got to tell you, James. Hagen Grubb thinks that's pretty cool, so you can't really think too much about it if Hagen thinks it's funny. Well, now, do, I'm you, just, do you really want me to go through the entire list of the names we have for everything? One of these <laughs> nights, we're going. One of these nights, we're going to have you do that. The show you would need an hour-long show. <laughs> that's right. That's fine. We can we, listen, we we can all set this up where we can pull in this big huge fish council thing, and we can you know we'll we'll fix you up right. You know, and and you know, you can teach us all the the cuss words, you know, from the, right. the French yeah, I, and stuff like that. You know, I don't yeah. want to know any of them. No, they come well, very handy when you don't want anybody to know what you're saying. <laughs> well, you I, I will tell you, and, and I can tell that Jeremy wasn't paying attention in in chat while ago because he's in a little bit of trouble tonight. I'm I'm, I'm always in trouble. Well, <laughs> his wife asked when he was going to take that trash out. <laughs> oh, 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 we missed that one in chat. So I'm just oh. I'm 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 telling you, Jeremy, uh -oh. you need to take that trash out. But you know, girl, what you were saying, different names, and in the state of Louisiana, where it a lot of times them different names are from state to state, but in yeah. Louisiana, it's from area to area oh, of what oh, them names yeah. might be. Oh yeah, that could be. If you cross the Red River into North Louisiana, it is no longer Sacolay. It's white perch. Yep. That's what that's what they that's what they call them. Forty miles north of me. So that's when did they become crappie? I mean, out east they're crappy. Down there, Sacolay. Yeah. When did they become crappie, James? They're, they're they've always been crappie. Even well, when I lived I in thought. Texas, they they were crappie. Yeah. Crappy. <laughs> so according to you, James, it's all bait. Yeah. Well, that is exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. <laughs> Any, anything if, is fair game. Hey, you <laughs> right. If it swims, this game is bait. I, oh, I'm not man. ashamed of putting anything on a hook. If it'll catch a fish, I don't care what it is. Do you have regulations down there that what you can and can't use? Uh, as far as what we can use, absolutely not. We, as long as you catch it legally, yep. which we, I, I cannot keep a game fish that I catch in a cast net. Right, right. But if you, if right. you catch it legally, it don't matter what it is. I wish it. we had them. Oh right man, you both. It does not matter. Because I, I would make a, a practice out of bass fishing just to use them for bait. Yeah. And I'd post yep. pictures of it every day. Yeah, but now I would I don't use the trophy bass or trophy crappie or nothing oh, like that. This good size crappie is going into but the heads of it is all fair game. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you right now, I could make more people mad using them little bitty bass. 
Hey, them little old teeny's largemouth make killer live bass, buddy, because that's some lively rice. Well, see, Papa Ed, you know, he was talking about they call them paper mouse. Now, I've heard them call paper mouse. I have. I have. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've heard yeah. that before, too. Yeah. yeah. So, now, even I mean, around here, I've heard that. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. But, uh, it's like I, I was explaining to somebody, uh, I forget what chat we were in or what discussion we were having, but I made the mistake of saying Beck Fan. I, I said, I said Beck Fan. Of course, everybody, what? Well, Beck Fan is French for thin beak, it's a long nosed guard. Never heard that's, that one. That's what we no, that's, that's what we call some yep. I, I can tell you I can tell you what I call gar, but I mean this is a family friendly show. Yeah. I'm not I, I'm not rank not, right up there with uh, them drum, uh, don't they? Yeah. They, just, hey, I like them drum. You leave them alone. Them's all crash Yeah. <laughs> I've had I've had gar and gar's good. Alligator Yeah, long day. No, little old small chunks, deep fried in rascals. Yeah, that's good. I ain't eating that. No if I had to eat one fish only for the rest of my life, it would be alligator bone. I'm, I'm wow, right now, I, that's I a statement. I'm, I'm sure chat's gonna blow up. Everybody's gonna be mad at me for saying that, but one fish for the rest of my life, alligator guard, hands down, no arguments. Don't have to think about it. Wow. Yep. I had to say bluegill. Or crappy. No. They're good. Yeah, I like They're bluegill good. and crappie both. I, I I'd be right in there with you, James. I'm I, I'm gonna have to say crappie. Yeah, crappie's yeah. good. And, and I I love these guys that, that are big walleye fans, and there's nothing wrong with eating walleye. They're no, great eating fish. One. But they don't make a pimple on a crappie's behind. And people don't. that love these trout. <laughs> I don't care one lick that no, I, I don't try. either. No. I would. I've ate them before, and I've had uh, just like the drum. I've had them fix every possible conceivable yeah. way, and it don't matter how you fix them; they're just nasty. They're well, beautiful like fish, and they're like fun to catch. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, as far as eating them, no. Yeah, I, don't I guess my starving, you know. Bowen, your son says drum are some of the best tasting fish. Well, yeah, but that's beside the point. He must have shoved his head in that bait cooler door. <laughs> he wasn't even he wasn't even around when I got this thing. He, he's not he's not even allowed to touch it when it comes in the house. It's yeah. really? the side of the room. Oh yeah. Wow. I don't trust him. Uh somebody said oh. uh flatheads in the Mississippi are called tabbies. Never heard that. I haven't hey, either. I've heard call some them guys in Louisiana call them that. They used to Abby's. call them Appaloosas around here a long time ago. I haven't heard anybody yeah. use that term in a long time either. That, yeah, well, that's that's an yeah. old name too that I grew up here. You know, Appaloosas cat or or yellow cat because they yeah. You know, see, you say yellow, yellow you uh, say yellow cat, and I think automatically of bullheads. Mm -mm. No, because they around here they they have a yellowish color to them. Because of the I, real muddy water, they don't get I, that dark, dark brown like what y'all get. I think the reason that James thinks of mud cats and bullheads and yellow cats all being the same is Here because they're shaped like him, short and stumpy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't make me put up that picture of us. <laughs> I got that picture. 
<laughs> you can actually oh, tell the difference between the two of us. Yeah, but I had to stand in a hole. No, yeah, look, you were you not standing what? in a hole. Yeah, but you know what, James? I do. Look, I feel your pain. Because me, myself, I am the shortest person <laughs> in my family. Yeah, but you look pretty tall. I'm six foot one. Yeah, you're the shortest one? Holy I'm the crap. shortest one. James, we my better dad. not go down there yeah, without James, come back there. Yeah, well, that's enough of that now. <laughs> my, dad, my dad is six foot three, and my wow. brother is six foot six. Mm. Yeah, we're going to have to back up we go down there. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get, we got Chad. All we got to do is just slow him down enough that Jeremy can take care of him. We can just, you know, grab the food and run, Lyle. Kick yeah, him in see. the leg. They're going to take the first one they come to. And if it's Chad, me and you be gone. Sorry. <laughs> well, I got a feeling now two old farts ain't going to be running too daggum fast. <laughs> hey, I, I, I can push I'm Lyle in his wheelchair. Very fast. I'm not going to be going very far either. <laughs> We just have to. We just have to make sure that it's on a, like a, on top of a hill. That way, I can push Lyle in his wheelchair, and I can jump on the bike. We just ride our, you know, bus right there. There you go. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna call y'all what the wife calls me: two handy tards. Oh man. Oh. You know, a bunch of hobbits growing in the Giants' village. KP says he's got my back. He's ten foot tall, James. So I'm covered. I yeah, they, they ain't stacking it that high, and you know it. Oh, we have these kids that a bunch of hobbits. Situations. What's that? We have a saying. So I said, plain matter. Uh oh. I'm not gonna translate it. But I've heard it. Y'all are full of. Yeah. <laughs> James, I cannot imagine that that anybody would think you and I, of all people, yeah, would be full of it. No, no, we're 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 right up front. Yeah, yeah, down on the front row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we got yeah. special seats in the whole nine yards, Law. That's exactly right. That's exactly it right. looks like gator bait to me. Jeremy, I want to thank you for being a part of our show tonight. We've absolutely had a blast having man, you. It, on. it was it was an honor, man. I'm telling you, I can the, see um, off my bucket list now. The the. Things that you shared with us was outstanding, and we had a wonderful time. I hope that you'll consider coming back on and visiting with James and I at some point. Anytime, trust me. Well, thank you. And Mr. You guys, you guys make sure you go and check out Jeremy's uh, bumping video he's got. Absolutely. He, he has Great landed video. some massive, massive fish. Great. And, and ch check out the rest of them, too, because they are yeah. family uh, friendly and they are family oriented. Him, his wife, and his boys, and his brother, his dad, they all fish together. Extremely quality entertainment, and you will find it very good. And Jeremy, tell tell people how they can find you on YouTube and, and it's Facebook. Very easy. Creole catfishing. You, you look me up, give us a holler, and like I said, we, 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 we try to put out good stuff. <laughs> You know, I'm all. It's always a member of my family with us. I don't. I don't ever fish by myself. We're always laughing in the boat, and we've got, we've got some more stuff coming that I plan on doing a little later this year. That hopefully will be even more funny and entertaining. What we're already doing. I'm trying to plan a trip for me and my two best friends. Oh, that'd be fun. Thirty-five years to be in the boat. 
we might not catch a fish, but it's going to be a hoot if I can get those two guys together in the boat. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. Laura, yes. thank you so much for letting him come on and be a part of the show. I wish you to jump in there with him. Next time we'll make that happen uh, because, like I say, family shows, family events, men, women, fishing teams uh, plays right into where we all should be, what we all should be thinking about. Exactly right. James exactly right. Thanks for being a part of having some fun tonight. We enjoy having you on here whenever you find yourself available. Take care of my bait tank and be nice to Katie, will you please? Yes, sir. We'll see you. But, wow. We need to to get together and schedule with him one day and do a little more scheduled type of show as far as the different information from these areas. Sure. Of catfish, yeah. you know, we kind of done a general type of information show tonight, but I would like to get in, do one night, and maybe bring somebody in in place of James Dockery over onto the West Coast. We, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I was insinuating, oh, James. I am right here, James. Right here. The- <laughs> I, I have just a guy who lives in California. Oh, <laughs> that would be awesome, and I know that he'd be happy to do it. And then we could cover the South, the Midwest, the East, yeah, and, exactly. and the West Coast. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I look forward to that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, and you guys will love him. He's been on the show before. Uh, I fish a lot with uh, tournaments and stuff with him. He travels right. all over the place. It'd be really, it'd be a great deal to have have him on here and. Uh, uh, I think that we'd all thank you for subscribing to Creole Catfishing Bowl, and yes. we appreciate that. I know that he I, does. I appreciate it. And look, I would, I <clears> wouldn't <throat> be anywhere without y'all support. Everybody in chat has just been from day one, first day I ever showed up on Catfish Weekly Live. Y'all, y'all shouted me out one of the first times I ever went in. Y'all always been supporting me every day, every day. You know, and put and, and pushing me to be better. You know, pushing well, me to make more videos, work harder at it. And I'm so appreciative of all the support. It's just, I I can't say it enough. I really can't. You know, I I told you here a while back that you had become part of the catfishing family. You was stuck with us, whether you like it or not. And I know James Dockery and James Smith can both attest to that, that once you become part of the family, you have to rip yourself away from us because we're just we're going to keep on to, on you uh, for as long as it's possible. We're all going to have to just remember, y'all are stuck with me too now. That's okay. I think we can deal with that. I think we can be. We'll be all right with that. Well, we done got of age. We pretty good judge of character, and I judge this character a pretty good man right I here. I love it. I, right here, I appreciate that, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, I want sir. to thank everybody for watching Catfish Weekly tonight. Be sure to tune in next Monday night at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. We'll be back with another guest, or we just may talk amongst ourselves. You never know. I've been wanting to do an open mic night on Catfish Weekly. I see a lot of the other channels are doing that. Um, I, I would like to try that. And, and now next week I will be here, and then the following Wednesday I'll have that surgery. Thank you guys for your concerns. I do appreciate that. Uh, and the Monday after that, we're, is, is, we're on the line. We don't know how that's going to play out, but James will be here regardless. And um, uh, What day would that be? Will that be the 16th? I believe it will, and I think we have a uh, schedule for that. Yep, uh, 16th. We got somebody planned. Yep. Yep. 
So uh, well, um, I'll, I'll pull it up right quick, and I can tell everybody. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the ninth. I don't have anybody scheduled for the ninth. Right. Sixteenth, we do. And well, the ninth would be a good open mic night. The sixteenth. The sixteenth. Yep. Combat Carl will be on the show, whether I'm live. here or not. Combat Carl live yeah. with James Smith. Should be a fun show. They'll have a blast. I hope I feel like being in here. And even if I don't, I may just sit here with my mouth shut, or I may call James Dockery up, and him and I will BS while they do the show. Yeah. He's going to be live on the boat. Live from the boat. So that'll be a great show. So, yep. again, thank you guys for joining our show. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see everybody next Monday night on Catfish Weekly. Night, everybody. Night. <laughs>